1: Just a note before we start. This episode discusses suicide, so please take care while listening.
0: Could parcels sent from this post office in a suburban Ontario strip mall be connected to suicides an ocean away? It's believed the suspect distributed and marketed the substance online, targeting people at risk of self-harm. Let us be clear that we will not tolerate criminal actions by those who prey on vulnerable individuals in our communities and we will hold those responsible accountable.
1: Gardaí have confirmed that a poisonous substance sold by an online seller in Canada was posted to a number of people in Ireland. The man accused of selling these so-called suicide kits is 57-year-old Kenneth Law from a city not far from Toronto. Laws in police custody in Canada, facing 14 charges in connection to suicides in his home country. However, he is thought to be linked to more than 100 deaths worldwide, and it could be more.
0: We believe over 1,200 packages were sent out to over 40 countries globally. We're communicating and sharing info with police services from all over the world.
1: The kits were sent to people at risk of self-harm, some as young as 16 years old.
0: It appears, according to loved ones of, of alleged victims we've spoken with, they believe that their family members were drawn to Kenneth Law's websites through a pro-suicide forum where users would go on and anonymously discuss uh, methods of suicide.
1: That's CBC News reporter Thomas Degler, who has been covering the story since Law was first taken into custody in May of this year. He'll explain how Law came to police attention and how he ran his deadly online business for years all the while working as a chef in an upmarket Toronto hotel. We'll also hear from Irish Times crime and security editor Conor Lally, who'll explain how Gardaí are investigating several of Law's packages sent to Ireland. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, the investigation into Kenneth Law, the Canadian chef accused of sending suicide kits around the world. Thomas, you have been investigating this story for CBC News in Canada. Kenneth Law is in police custody, having been first charged in May and then again last month. What exactly are the charges against him?
0: He's charged with 14 counts of counselling or aiding suicide. That's the uh, wording in the criminal code here in Canada. So he is literally charged with uh, abetting uh, the suicides of 14 individuals here in the province of Ontario uh, in cities uh, throughout the province, including uh, where I am speaking to you from here in Toronto.
1: Now, the poison, the compound, the chemical which was selling, and we've made the decision not to name it. It's not like it's not necessarily illegal in Canada or even actually here in Ireland because it's 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 got in, industrial uses. Can you tell us about it?
0: it's a salt compound that uh, is used in the preparation of meats in some cases, but in a highly diluted uh, form. Uh, The way Kenneth Law was uh, selling this, according to the packaging that we've seen, uh, was 99.999% pure. The packaging said food grade, so he was ostensibly selling it for food preparation, but uh, authorities have found that allegedly, he knew what he was selling it for. And, and the only reason anyone would use 100%, practically 100% pure poison in this case is, is for the purposes of suicide.
1: Now, the charges against Kenneth Law are for aiding and counselling suicide. I mean, how was he doing this? I understand, you know, selling the compound on a website, but how, was, how, did, the counsel, how did that work?
0: Uh, I I was just reading the the wording of the charge in the criminal code here in Canada this morning, actually, to see where the bar is set for a conviction if ever this indeed goes to trial. And the the prosecution here in Canada will only have to demonstrate that he aided these individuals to kill themselves. Um, The tricky part is, as you point out, in jurisdictions including Canada and Ireland, this substance isn't illegal to have. It's not illegal to sell because it does have legitimate uses. Where it may get Um, complicated for the prosecution is to show that Kenneth Law knew what he was doing and was knowingly uh, helping these people take their own lives. Um, I've been able to see an archived version of uh, one of the websites that he allegedly ran, and there was an option on it for uh, a client to pay to spend, I think, 20 or 40 minutes on the phone with Kenneth Law, now, was was he discussing how someone would use this to kill themselves? It's not clear. Do the authorities have evidence, uh, phone recordings or emails or other types of, um, of proof that he knew what these people were intending to do with the substance? Uh, it's not clear and police haven't said.
1: Of course, it's not just the substance that he was selling. It's believed that he shipped out other paraphernalia to aid suicide. What can you tell me about that?
0: Again, we've seen products on archived versions of his uh, websites that show masks, tubing, hoods, a whole series of products that are terrifying to look at. Um, we've seen the pictures. And uh, in fact, some of the pictures have been released by police here in Ontario for families to be on the lookout. If ever you come across this, say, in in your child's bedroom, make sure to report it to police because... Um, Really, they they say that there, there's no use for it other than to kill oneself, and that's why he was uh, Kenneth Law was was selling it. And they say marketing it towards people at risk of self harm.
1: And of course, how he marketed it was on, as you mentioned, several websites, several of his own websites, and that was striking to me because I assumed it was some sort of dark web sort of situation. It wasn't.
0: No, it was out in the open. Now, there's two parts to this. First of all, he had his own websites, which in some cases, um, one of them posed as um, a a cuisine website where you would go on and buy a a, a curing salt. But again, no one would buy 100% pure poison uh, for curing meats. But the other thing I should mention is it appears, according to loved ones of of alleged victims we've spoken with, they believe that their family members were drawn to Kenneth Law's websites through a pro-suicide forum where users would go on and anonymously discuss uh, methods of suicide.
1: What do we know about Law's victims in Canada? They were relatively young, I think.
0: Here in uh, the province of Ontario, there are uh, 14 alleged victims named in court documents. Uh, Police have said they were between 16 and 36 years old. I was speaking uh, just a few days ago with the mother of uh, one uh, young man who was 19 uh, when he died earlier this year. The mother told us that uh, her son, Ashton Prosser, was, um, was going through some mental health struggles, especially, she said, his mental health declined early on in the pandemic when his uh, high school classes all went online and he felt isolated and it all went uh, downhill from there. And she partially blames the lack of mental health support um, in this part of Canada um, for his death. But uh, ultimately, she believes he found this website through this pro-suicide forum. In other cases, uh, we know of um, a a young man in the northern U.S. state of Michigan who his mother told us um, he ran to her in the middle of the night saying he had taken a substance and started screaming, I want to live, I want to live. And she says he immediately regretted his decision. Uh, he was rushed to hospital, but uh, the staff there couldn't get an antidote in time and uh, he died. Anthony Jones was his name. The, the case that really got the ball rolling, if you will, on this investigation was the death of Tom Parfit uh, in England, whose uh, father, David Parfit, approached the Times of London Uh, with the information about his uh, son's death. On a bookshelf in a home in Twickenham, treasures that once belonged to Tom Parfitt. Two years ago, at just 22 years of age, he took his own life. Tom was sold a lethal chemical substance by a seller in Canada. David Parfitt also provided us with the police report from October 2022. His son had died a full year before that, but it was clear that It wasn't until the autumn of 2022 that uh, authorities in Surrey, England connected that death to the packaging carrying Kenneth Law's company name uh, found near Tom Parfit's body. They reached out to Law and uh, didn't hear back, according to this police report that we've uh, reviewed. David Parfitt took it to the Times of London, started this investigation, and the rest is is history, as they say. Um, but speaking with David Parfitt, he has told us that he is certain if his son Tom didn't find this website, didn't find this substance, he said, in his words, he was 99% certain that uh, Tom would still be alive today. He was charging uh, the equivalent of around £50 pounds, uh, for the poison, uh, probably making £40 pounds profit. Um, so I think he, he, he valued my son's life at about, equivalent of £40.
1: So, as you say, it was an investigation by a journalist at the Times of London into Kenneth Law and his suicide kits that prompted the Canadian police to investigate. But when the Times alerted authorities there as to what Law was doing And the potential scale of his operations, surely this can't have been the first time they'd come across his name or had been asked by victims' families to investigate him.
0: Well, first of all, police, by all accounts, had been flagged that Kenneth Law uh, had been operating websites uh, or at least had been selling products, was connected to products that were used for suicide, both here in Canada and in England. Uh, Police in in Surrey, England, twice last year reached out to law because they found packaging linked to him um, at the sites where um, young people had uh, taken their own lives. Uh, In both cases, they reached out to him and either didn't hear back or came to the conclusion that he wasn't selling products for the purposes of uh, of suicide. Now, here in Ontario, uh, I spoke with a mother who, in the spring of 2022, a full year before law's arrest... She says her daughter um, attempted suicide using Law's product, and um, she was able to be saved. She was rushed to hospital and and survived, but she gave the evidence to police, including the packaging. Uh, She provided us even with a credit card receipt showing the name of Kenneth Law's uh, company. And uh, she says uh, Ontario police didn't fully investigate, didn't get back to her with questions about Law for a full year after his arrest this past spring. Um, I asked the lead investigator recently, when was the first time law came up in an investigation or first time he was flagged to Canadian law enforcement? And um, the police aren't speaking about that. They're not taking questions. They wouldn't answer. You wonder about uh, the feeling within uh, Ontario police knowing that it took a reporter from London to come knocking at their door um, with evidence about a man who was operating websites in their backyard selling these products to people around the world. Keep in mind, police have said that he shipped upwards of 1,200 packages to to 40 countries. Just in Canada, they say he sent 160 packages. And in, in our reporting here at CBC News, we've linked Law's products to more than 110 deaths. Suspicions around those deaths, anyway.
1: Coming up. What do we know about Kenneth Law, the man at the center of this investigation? I'll continue my conversation with Thomas after this short break.
2: Wow!
0: Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts, made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash
1: ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you what do we know about law himself
0: well he was um uh, if you believe the resume online that he posted some years ago he worked in aerospace most recently is just this year he worked at a posh uh, downtown toronto hotel as a cook in the kitchen and police have not speculated on the motive for him to to begin the, the, these websites selling uh, paraphernalia for suicide but uh, we have uh, been able to piece together in our in our reporting um, that there may be a monetary element to all this. Because if you go back to the spring of 2020, uh, law had racked up big debts, uh, upwards of the equivalent of 90,000 euros in debts. He had been sued by the Royal Bank of Canada for unpaid credit card bills, and he filed for bankruptcy. And it was just a few months later, according to police, late 2020, that he started these websites online. And then we know of deaths that began in, in 2021.
1: But I mean, it's such a macabre thing to do. I mean, if you wanted to, to make money, surely there are easier ways. Surely there are other motives that are being explored.
0: Yeah, and there may be more to this story. I can tell you that I spoke briefly with Law over the phone um, just days before he was arrested. He picked up the phone because he was waiting for a call from a lawyer and uh, turns out it was us. And uh, I asked him about the allegations. He denied everything and said he'll be able to explain after this is all done. But of course, now he's been in custody since May.
1: Now, a disclaimer on his website, and the website's gone now, obviously, says that he is not to be held responsible for how the products are used after he ships them. But that won't do much to protect him, will it?
0: it it's unclear what uh, how this is going to play out if ever it got, does go to trial, I should say, with the way the, the Canadian... Um, justice system works. This wouldn't go to trial for several months if, if if it does. But indeed, he presumably is going to be able to point out to the legality of this substance in Canada, the fact that um, at least one of his websites had a disclaimer saying he will not be held responsible for the way these products are used. Whether the prosecution is able to to show that he knew what those products were being used for is is another story. we'll We'll wait and see. We don't know yet,
1: presumably, there's a money trail because obviously people bought the the products with credit cards. But what is the evidence that could be used against him to secure a prosecution?
0: Yeah, we know from uh, the mother of one of the alleged victims here in Ontario that her son's blood was sent to a lab in the United States um. To be analyzed to see how much of this substance uh, was present in the blood. So the police are clearly trying to be able to match um, the substance he was selling um, to the cause of death of of this individual. You can presume that's going on in many cases around the world. Um, Also, uh, we know that he was using two major um, internet service providers, both uh, the Canadian-based e-commerce giant Shopify and uh, the internet um, domain hosting site GoDaddy, you can expect that there would be a paper trail of some of the transactions or all of the transactions um, from 2020 up until this past spring through those two uh, service providers. We asked them if they've been cooperating with police and they haven't wanted to tell us.
1: It's, I mean, look, the case is unprecedented, but what kind of sentence do you think he could be facing if he was convicted?
0: Well, again, these are 14 counts of counselling or aiding suicide in Canada. That charge carries a maximum sentence of 14 years in prison. He's already been in custody uh, for the better part of this year. Uh, what sentence he he would face, I mean, uh, there's no real comparison. I, you know, I don't know of any comparable case in recent memory in Canada, or even in living memory.
1: UK police are, as you say, investigating 88 deaths um, linked to British people who bought suicide kits from law. You've been following every aspect of this story. What do we know about that investigation so far?
0: Well, we know that British police, um, just like authorities around the world, learned of this investigation through Interpol. Canadian authorities um, this past spring sent out a list of Kenneth Law's alleged clients um, to Interpol and uh, police agencies around the world then used that list of names and addresses to check in on on, um, the, the clients to do what they Referred to as wellness checks. Now, in many cases um, in the UK and indeed in Ireland as well, um, the authorities realized that some of these people on this list were already dead. So they're working through now to ascertain whether the cause of death can directly be linked to law and whether he can be held criminally responsible for those deaths. There's no guarantee that further charges will come of this in any country.
1: Now, Kenneth Law hit upon this idea. He didn't just hit upon it out of thin air. Are there other similar sites? Is there a sense that the police, particularly in Canada, are trying to find other sites, trying to shut them down? Is there a sense that he's not the only one?
0: Certainly reading uh, this uh, pro-suicide forum and in, in researching this story as I've been doing for the past few months, there is a sense that um, some of the users have been Sort of speaking to each other in private messages discussing where else these products are available since Kenneth Law's websites have been taken down earlier this year. Um, There is a sense that there are other providers uh, active online, but certainly we have no sense from authorities or our research that any of these uh, are, are in Canada. Police here in Ontario were asked about this the last time they um, spoke openly about it and took questions from reporters. The lead investigator was asked, are there still websites like this online? Are the forums still online? And he said yes, and he, he, he didn't want to speak about it in great detail, but made it clear that some of these websites are being uh, hosted abroad and Canadian authorities uh, or, you know, police in other jurisdictions have very little power to go and either block those websites or um, have them taken down because of, of uh, jurisdictions and and freedom of speech issues as well.
1: Thomas, this story, obviously, is just at the start, really. Um, so we'll be watching it from here. Thank you very much for talking to us today.
0: You're welcome, Bernice.
1: Coming up, what do we know about the Garda investigation and the packages that were delivered to Ireland? I'll speak to Crime and Security Editor, Conor Lally. Conor, Canadian police have revealed that Kenneth Law sent packages to 40 countries worldwide. And unfortunately, we now know that Ireland was one of those countries. What do we know so far?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, the information that we have from the guards is fairly scant. Um, On the record, they're saying that packages were sent here. They're saying that a small number of people that the packages were sent to died suddenly in the period after those uh, packages arrived at their homes. So, what we believe happened was, is that about four months ago, the authorities in Canada shared information with police forces all over the world about the packages that were sent to their jurisdictions. So these are things like, you know, the names and addresses of people who had ordered from Kennet Law online. And what the guards did with that information was they effectively performed what they call welfare checks. And that just really comprises of calling to a person's home to check if they're okay. I mean, you know, that's effectively it. You know, in the process of that, as I say, they found a number of people had passed away. While Garda headquarters haven't confirmed how many that is, my understanding is that it's fewer than five. And while obviously Garda headquarters as well haven't confirmed how many packages arrived here, my understanding is that it's more than 10. Um, You know, we can't be any firmer than that, unfortunately. The next, I suppose, phase of the inquiries in Ireland will be to determine what role this substance played in their death, if any. And that's really where it's at at the moment.
1: And so do you feel that this is an ongoing inquiry?
2: I suppose the status of the inquiry here is unusual for a number of reasons. Um, Number one, the substance that people here ordered, you can legally possess it and you can buy and sell it here in Ireland. So it isn't illegal. So that, that complicates the kind of legal end of the picture. While it is illegal here to assist a person to take their own lives, Garda sources are telling me you would have to be able to prove that somebody who sold this in Canada knew that they were selling it in order to help a person in Ireland end their own lives. And because the suspect in this case is already charged in Canada, I mean, the likelihood of him facing charges here, I think, are probably zero, you know, mainly because his main case that he has to answer is in Canada. So going forward, the, the Garda inquiry that will go on now will be to, will be to help the coroner's inquest in the cases of anybody who died. And that will mean gathering up evidence to help a coroner's inquest determine whether this person died from taking this substance or not. So the Garda inquiries are not criminal at the moment. They're more trying to establish how a person died.
1: Now we know Kenneth Law was active at least as far back as, as 2020. So it's probably quite likely that some of those deaths that the Gardaí will be looking at in Ireland, there may indeed already have been inquests. Those inquests might have taken place, all that might be finished. So what happens then?
2: Yeah, that is possible. So generally in these cases, I mean, what what can happen is at the time the person died, a post-mortem would have been carried out. You should have like things like traces of blood. You should have things like, um, you know, toxicology reports and so on to go and examine now. Now, you may not have that in all of these cases. You know, for example, if a person was you know, terminally ill over a long period of time and they died and their death wasn't unexpected, the tests on their remains may not have been as comprehensive as they would be if you knew at the time they died that you were checking for, you know, if they took these particular chemicals. And it is not beyond the realms of possibility that somebody could be exhumed and maybe samples could be taken from them. Now, I think that would be unlikely because there's no criminal investigation here, because there's not going to be any prosecution here. I think that step is unlikely unless the family of a person who died really wanted to find out what exactly happened, what role this uh, substance played in, their, in the uh, passing of their loved one. So, as I say, a body could be exhumed, but I think only if a family really pressed hard for that.
1: It seems to me, or am I right in thinking, that the Guards haven't made any official statement on this?
2: They haven't. Um, I did get a statement from a Guard of Chicana, but you have to put the query in and ask them. It's interesting that they haven't put out, you know, they haven't been more proactive in putting out a statement themselves. But I suppose because there's no criminal investigation going on, it would be unusual for Garda Headquarters to put out a statement about welfare checks. But I suppose the public interest around this case and the public concern about the case and maybe the unanswered questions about you know how many people in ireland bought this particular substance online and so on you know there may be an argument there for the garda's been a bit more proactive
1: do we know if any family members of irish victims made reports to the garda discovering there was paraphernalia in the house and so on do we know do we know did that happen
2: the short answer to that question is we don't know. It may have happened. If it did, we don't know about it. Um, and there's no detail has emerged about that as of yet. I did ask Garda sources things like when they performed their welfare checks, did they interview people? You know, did they get a statement from them? How did you hear about these websites? Um, how long did it take to arrive? Do they uh, still have the stuff? Do they have the packaging off it or anything like that? And that does not seem to have happened. And the argument there is is that the packages are not illegal. You can possess them. And that means the guards have no powers to go in and interview people. They can perform a welfare check. They can ask about, are you okay?" You know, ask questions about your welfare. And if the person doesn't want to answer or doesn't really want to ask the guards in or anything like that, they don't have to. The guards don't have any power to, like, you know, carry out a search, confiscate anything or technically speaking, even ask, could they have the substance? I mean... They could ask, I'm sure, but there's absolutely no obligation on the person to hand it over. And I do think by asking, they're reaching outside their powers, as extraordinary as that sounds. The powers that the guards have to really reach in are very, very limited. And they're limited to welfare checks, which is kind of extraordinary, really. These are like vulnerable people. And really, the guards, all they can do is call up to their hall door and tiptoe around and ask if they're okay. Even if, like one of the guards I was talking to said, even when they call to a hall door, if anybody answers the hall door, they can't even explain why they're there because they have to protect the privacy of the person that they're carrying out the welfare check on. So it's just a really complicated, tricky, sensitive situation. I think probably the inquiry in Canada has a way to go. And arising from that inquiry, we may get more information about what's happened in Ireland. And then as inquests go through the coroner's court, we also might, you know, find out more. But I think it'll be a slow burner here.
1: Thanks very much, Connor. That's it for today. For more Irish Times journalism, investigations and reports from Connor Lally, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan. In the news, we'll be back on Friday.